Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. What's up, guys, and welcome to the weekly Q&A. Our first question comes from Mateusz Grabowski and KGB Wits, who ask if season two of The Mandalorian is getting a little crowded with familiar characters, will the show be able to remain focused on Din and the child? So this is like, I wanted to address all of these news announcements because, of course, it happened when we were taking a week off. We were like <laughs> trying to take a break and just all this stuff kept dropping, including the Bo-Katan news, uh, which we are, of course, thrilled about. Yes, we've been talking about wanting that to happen for forever. It's still not confirmed. A, a couple reliable sources have talked about it. it. You're right. All of this is still... I would say rumor, StarWars.com never put anything out. This is all just people in the know reporting things. Yeah. But, I mean, Deadline and Slash Film, their credibility like is on the line here, and yeah. they know that. I don't think they would be reporting it without reason. Uh, so, yeah, super excited about Bo-Katan. Um, but it does feel like there's this worry in the back of my mind that it's like all right well we've got ahsoka there's rumors of sabine and rex boba fett now bo katan there's a lot going on and i am a little worried that we're gonna be at this point where the the show is no longer about the core characters yeah there are a lot of names of characters floating in the air right now and you said ahsoka that's also still just a rumor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, Tamir Morrison is said to be, is it, was, it, was, the, was that from the same sources? Uh, I think Deadline, maybe the, Ho the Hollywood Reporter put that out. Okay. Uh, which, again, like, I would consider them to not put something out unless they thought that it was a sure thing. Right. So I, I don't want to say, uh, like, Boba Fett confirmed for The Mandalorian, but I think it's very likely. I mean, I if it happens, it happens. But I feel like it's going to be a much smaller role than I think most people are expecting. I think you're probably right. And that's what I'm kind of reminding myself that like, don't don't go immediately to like the well, this is too much. It does feel like a lot. But if you look back at season one, it was a bunch of like, well, we hang out with this character for an episode and then this character for an episode and then this one. So I think it'll probably be something like there's an episode with Bo-Katan in it. There's an episode with Ahsoka and maybe more of the crew of the ghost in it. Uh, but it won't be the focus of the season. Right. It's not like it's possible that maybe at the end everyone comes back for another big episode. <laughs> that That seems like too much in my opinion. Yeah. And I'm also kind of hoping that the Boba Fett thing is assuming he was the person at the end of episode five. It would be nice if there was just another tease of Boba Fett. Like we do get a good look at him and the helmet and all that. But it could be that he just pops up 
for one little thing. Yeah. And I've also said before that I've thought that that character in The Gunslinger could be Bo-Katan. Yep. Because she could be tracking them and she could pop up in season two. And And it makes sense that she might be going after the Darksaber. (laughs) Yeah. And I I also think it would be cool if we, because we, we kept going back to the scene where Den gets rescued by um, Death Watch, basically. And I think it would be cool to have yet another sequence where we see that flashback again and we see Katie Sackhoff there as Bo-Katan with the Darksaber. Yeah. Well, she wouldn't have the Darksaber at that point, but she, Pre-Vizsla would be there. Yeah. Which he could have the Darksaber, and that would be cool because, like, in theory, Bo-Katan and Pre-Vizsla could have been there. Um but th- th- you do bring up a point where it's like this could all be in flashbacks like <laughs> and there is that chance i hope it's not true yeah but it could just be a f- like bo-katan's role could be like i'm here with the dark saber and then moff gideon kills me and now the dark saber's gone like no that, way that, that'll i hope that's not the case <laughs> i will be very disappointed if it is i want bo-katan to be in this story like that is the one to me that always kind of made the most sense I'm on board with Boba Fett. I'm on board with Ahsoka. But Bo-Katan feels like thematically she immediately fits into what the Mandalorian is doing. And I do think Boba Fett does too, but we're going to get to that in a future question. Sooner Thrawn wants to know how Boba Fett's armor being with Cobb Vanth is going to play into the Mandalorian. So this is from the Aftermath book series. Yes. So... A character named Cobb, ba- Cobb Vanth on Tatooine goes into a sand crawler, and there's Mandalorian armor pocked with acid. It doesn't straight up say it's Boba Fett's armor, but come on, like <laughs> that's what it's hinting at. Yeah. He, over the course of the three books, puts the armor on and becomes like a sheriff of a small town, like a good lawman. Uh, so, if Boba Fett's back, will he have his armor? Uh, are they going to just ignore what happened in the Aftermath books? I mean, personally, I think it will not be addressed in the show. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he's going to have his classic armor, Really, to be honest. Yeah. Well, how will we know it's him? <laughs> Tamir Morrison? <laughs> yeah, he'll have to take the helmet off and be like, it's me, Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw, you probably didn't recognize me with the red arm. He'll have a red-painted Mandalorian yeah. Uh maybe he maybe he gets the helmet back or something. I don't I don't know. Well, I think he's I think he will probably have his armor and it's not going to be like he takes his helmet off and it's like I took my armor back from uh Cobb Van. They're not going to drop that. <laughs> I'm trying my best to do like a <laughs> a Tamira Morrison accent, mm-hmm. probably failing. But I, I I don't think it's something that needs to be addressed in the show. It's just something where we'll be like, you know, Boba Fett crawled back out of the Sarlacc pit, or maybe he left his armor. There's a story. He got his armor back from Cobb Vanth, and that's all there is. It'll end up being another thing like Ahsoka's blue lightsabers, where in the end, no one's really going to care. I mean, like, I will care. I I, I, I do want to know, but most people haven't read, most people that are watching the, The Mandalorian haven't read Aftermath. They're not even going to know. Yeah. It's just some of us will be like, but how? And But how and why and when? Yeah. And you can, you can nah, <laughs> you can just make up something in your head that like, yeah, okay, he took the armor back. Maybe they'll 
tell that story someday. And also there is this, like, it never said it was Boba Fett's armor. We all know that that's what Chuck Wendig meant, but there there is that out. Sure. Alden Diaz asks if Boba Fett is or isn't a Mandalorian based on what Almac says in The Clone Wars. So we have talked about this before, and I have gone back and forth on it where I, I kind of think that Almec could be saying like, oh, well, they're not true Mandalorians. Like he's looking down at them, mm-hmm. especially with the idea that there is this creed mm-hmm. uh, that maybe he's like, well, they weren't born on Mandalore. And so I, I don't see them as true Mandalorians, even though they possibly do follow the Mandalorian creed. Um but I am, th- this is how I think Boba Fett could fit very well in the show, is that I-, I think the show is about what does it mean to be a Mandalorian. And we're seeing that Din Djarin actually exemplifies, like, uh, a code of honor. Mm-hmm. We don't really know that much about Boba Fett in canon. I think he did exemplify a code of honor in Legends, but we could see a very different side of him in The Mandalorian Season 2. Yeah, and the way that the Mandalorian TV show puts it, it's kind of like, well, he says it's not a religion. It's a it's not a race, it's or, a creed. Yeah, it's not, not a race, it's a creed. I believe George Lucas said it was one way or the other, well, or that he intended him to be Mandalorian, Boba Fett. Well, that's, I think that he is saying that, no, Boba Fett's not Mandalorian. Okay. I, I think George Lucas said that. And I kind of don't see Dave Filoni going against something that George explicitly said. I need to like look this up because I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. But I think George Lucas was like, no, the Fets are not Mandalorians. And I don't think Dave would just be like, well, they kind of are. I don't think he'd backpedal on George like that. Right. Kojiro and Bryce Wallace want us to weigh in on Dave Filoni's speech about the Duel of Fates in the Mandalorian documentary series. Yeah, speaking of Dave Filoni... Um, I thought it was great. (laughs) I mean, I definitely kind of had the reaction that a lot of people did where I had never really looked at the Duel of Fates that way, especially in the, like, the Duel of Fates is the fate of Anakin. And, like, Qui-Gon's survival is kind of the key to it all. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I I thought it was awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I remember we were watching that episode and it was like, we could just watch Filoni talk for hours about like the meaning of star wars and it would be great um but then like people started talking about it on social media like they do Uh and i don't know like some people took it as they were surprised that people didn't already understand this concept yeah well here's one thing i want to say about this is i think that a lot of people did already understand what Dave was saying. He just put it very uh, eloquently, yeah. <laughs> he very succinctly, and just laid it out in a well-explained way, where it's like, this all makes so much sense. And but, also, sorry, don't mean sorry. to inter- interrupt, but we're used to hearing stuff like he says from non-authoritative voices, like, People who do video essays can say a million things about what Star Wars means, but hearing it from Dave Filoni himself 
kind of solidified it to the point where people were just surprised that he laid it all out there. Yeah. Uh, but what I'm trying to say is that I think that a lot of people do understand what he was saying, even if they didn't know it. I mean, we get asked a lot questions like, what would have happened to Anakin if Qui-Gon hadn't died? And if Qui-Gon were Anakin's master, how would things have gone differently? And we have speculated that things probably would have gone very differently. And like that's that means that people who are asking that question do know that there is significance to Qui-Gon's death mm -hmm. and that, that there's a reason he had to die for the story so that Anakin could fall. So just because people are like, oh, I've never heard it stated that way, doesn't mean that they have never, ever thought about it themselves. Yeah. And that's what you were talking about online. Like, there have been people who are, I don't know, shaming uh, everyone who's like, wow, this is making me think about Star Wars in a different way. And people are like, wow, you should have known that from the start. And like... Yeah, like, like how dare you not understand Star Wars? And it's like people can people are allowed to interpret or not interpret star wars as much or as little as they want it, yeah. it could just be a cool fight scene and oh no he died i mean I, <laughs> I i kind of agree with uh the idea that yeah i would love it if more people thought thematically about star wars it's something i don't think i did very much until well into starting this channel i mean it started like strictly as trivia mm -hmm. and there wasn't really analysis and as we've gone on i've enjoyed analyzing things more and looking at star wars in this new way and to see other people going like oh i never thought about the phantom menace like that like that's just that should be celebrated that's being a like, gift <laughs> yeah like good i'm so glad that you're now looking at it this way i don't know why people would see that see someone go like wow what a new appreciation i have and be like well you should have blah 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 the whole time yeah that's just a that's taking it a step too far into into silliness yeah so if if you like were just like i'm trying to say that opened my eyes to that scene in a new way if you feel the same way and you're seeing people on twitter saying like well on you like don't take them seriously like and if you don't want to analyze Star Wars thematically at all, if you just want to watch starfighters and lightsaber fights, like that's fine too. I mean, yeah, it's 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 all for kids, as George Lucas says, and it's like, yeah, he took the time to make this story a very deep and meaningful one, but it's also just fun to watch. It's so fun. <laughs> I mean, I'll even say that my favorite Star Wars movies are the more fun ones. Like I remember as a kid being kind of like, why is Empire Strikes Back everyone's favorite? Like, <laughs> I love A New Hope and Return of the Jedi. And I still, A New Hope is above Empire for me just because it's a rollicking good time. Parker Harris asks if the clones still would have executed Order 66 if they didn't have the inhibitor chips. I think no. For the most part, um, in Legends, there were no inhibitor chips. And they did just follow orders because that's what they were trained to do is follow orders without question. But was the force involved in that 
switch? Not that I recall. In Legend? Okay. I'm pretty sure it was just like execute order 66 and they were like, yeah, okay. I feel like at, like absolutely not. If they didn't have the chips, it wouldn't have happened. I, I think it probably depends <laughs> on the Jedi. I mean, that's a big thing throughout the Clone Wars is we see that although these clones are genetically identical, they are the same person who they are partnered up with dictates kind of who they become. I mean, it, it's a, a nature versus nurture kind of thing. And if someone had, uh, I don't know, if Pong Krell <laughs> had kept on going and were just a very like, you follow my orders and that's it, you don't question them. Yeah. And then if he were still alive and Order 66 was executed, I could see all the clones being like, yeah, okay, let's shoot this guy. But that's like absolutely not the case, I don't think, with any of the Jedi. I don't think any of them really treated them like trash. I mean, Pong Krell's the only one I can think of that did. Oh, okay. And he went way dark side well before. <laughs> but like, I also think that the clones kind of would have been happy to have an excuse to turn their blasters <laughs> on him because he just like cuts them down. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like Plo Koon, does, he, he says like, you're not just clones to me you're not just soldiers even though they're like leave us behind mm -hmm. and obviously anakin and obi-wan didn't treat their clones that way so i think for the most part there would be no clone trooper who actually followed order 66 there might be a few that are what if there was just one guy who was like all right and he did it and everybody was like dude <laughs> what <laughs> yeah i mean we we have seen that the clones do not always blindly follow orders and the, the ones we spend the most time definitely don't that's it for patron questions if you're a patron and you didn't see your question answered here just head over to patreon where we left you a written response if you're not a patron you can learn more by following the link in the description just a dollar a month will get you access to extra star wars explained content like audio commentaries for the films and for the clone wars which we'll be back to our chronological rewatch uh commentaries soon but we did finish all of season seven, so those commentaries are available right now if you're interested. On to YouTube questions, Alex the Huntsman asks if Order 66 was ever deactivated, or did the clones just remain in Jedi hunting mode for the rest of their lives? This I, is interesting. I feel like these questions are segueing very nicely, and I like it. <laughs> uh, I think that there was probably, I don't know, I think it kind of trailed off. Yeah, I think it wore off over time. In a way. Like, I don't think most clones ever really looked back and questioned what happened, but we have I feel like we bring this up every week now, but there's the Kanan comic where a clone is kind of shown that, like, oh, man, we made a mistake. Mm -hmm. Kanan is able to convince him. Uh, and I think that that happens because he's, like, that clone is hunting Kanan for a while, and I think that maybe the spell wore off a little bit. And also in the comics, in the Darth Vader comics, even though this is, uh, yeah, this is a year later, we see a Jedi reactivate Order 66 in some Purge troopers. And then they turn on the Inquisitors and stuff. Yeah. So there was a time where I guess it wasn't active for them. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that there was probably just like, as time went on, they they kind of eased off of Jedi hunting mode, especially since most of them were wiped out. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, this is really sad to think about because imagine a, a few select clones surviving that long and it 
eventually wearing off. And then they have to live with what they've done. Yeah. They have some serious PTSD. I mean, that's exactly what happens in the Kanan comic. Yeah. That one is like, oh my gosh, what did we do? And then he like he makes it right. That's what he says. I won't really get into spoilers for the comic, even though it's so old. Read it, because it's one of my favorite moments in all of Star Wars comics. Like, that turn is so good. Yeah. But, but yeah, you're right. It's kind of heartbreaking to think about. I, do, I, I don't know that they ever, for the most part, unless someone convinced them otherwise, I don't know that they really realized what they had done. The Bleaker wants to know if Palpatine ever told Vader about the Sith Shrine underneath the Jedi Temple. So... This is in the book Tarkin, and it was going to be in the Clone Wars, uh, and then it was, uh, uh, I guess, just an unproduced episode. Maybe we'll get those stories someday. Yeah. Uh, but there is a Sith shrine underneath the Jedi Temple. Palpatine visits it, and I think in the book he says, like, I gotta show Vader this someday. <laughs> but I don't think he ever did. Like, to me, that that seems like a <laughs> a rare, nice thought that Palpatine had, like, I should share this with my apprentice. But ultimately, <laughs> Palpatine's not much of a sharer. He's a hoarder. He wants set to keep everything for himself. So yeah. I don't know that he would be like, come on, Vader, let's go check out something really neat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, knowing Palpatine, he probably there's probably something down there that is yet another one of his backup plans of some sort. <laughs> yeah, probably. So, yeah, I don't think he told Vader about it. It's his little secret that he writes about in his diary. Some things are just for me. Matt Peterson asks if it's possible Ahsoka's lightsaber crystals could have wound up in the Sixth Brothers lightsaber. I thought this was an interesting question. I think it's unlikely. Very much so. But <laughs> there is a... So, Sixth Brother gets a red lightsaber... And then he goes to confront Ahsoka in the Ahsoka book. She uh, takes those crystals after she defeats him and purifies the red crystals and they become her white lightsaber crystals. What this question immediately reminded me of is she senses something familiar about the crystals. Like mm -hmm. she reaches out to them in the force and she's like, well, these feel familiar. Now, I always took that as, like, they were taken from a fallen Jedi that she knew, or that she once knew the sixth brother, something like that. Uh, but, I don't know, that's kind of an interesting thought, that Vader finds her blue lightsabers, and then they get thrown into an Inquisitor's lightsaber. Well, we still don't know what happened to that other one. It's there. It's there <laughs> somewhere. So, yeah. I think it's unlikely, but I also, like, don't hate the idea. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. It's a cool, like, kind of headcanon-y thing to think about. And it's like, yeah, you can think that until proven otherwise. That's yeah. fine. Why not? There is something familiar about them. Yeah. The SEK wants to know what our rankings are for all of the animated show finales. I think this is pretty easy for me. It's uh, The Clone Wars, Star Wars, Rebels, and then Resistance same <laughs> i mean <laughs> the clone wars got just a full-on amazing movie yeah before season seven rebels clone wars resistance i think that's true because clone wars just didn't feel like it had the ending it deserved right. which it didn't and right. 
yeah, now that it has, I, I agree. Because uh, Rebels got to finish. I'm like, I don't know if Resistance finished the way they wanted it to or not. I do think that the finale we were given nailed the personal story mm-hmm. between uh, Kaz and Tam and Yeager. I thought they did a good job with it, uh, but it did feel like it was cut short. Yeah. I, could, like, but I remember we just so desperately wanted them to show just a little bit of them in the battle and ep- from episode nine, <laughs> because we know that they're there. Um, and the fact that that wasn't part of the finale, we were like, oh man. And, and that's kind of why I'm like, I think resistance was meant to last a little longer because it kind of had a similar trajectory as rebels where it starts off about this crew. And as we go on, we see more and more familiar characters. I imagine that resistance at some point was supposed to join the resistance Mm -hmm. and actually catch up to them. I remember you saying like, put Christopher Sean in a green jacket and throw him in the background somewhere. Or, yeah, there's that. I mean, okay, we know that Kaz was at the Battle of Exegol, but I think in the show itself, yeah. we should have seen them go to Agent Kloss. Like, that could have been... Even a mention that they're like, hey, the Resistance finally got back to us. We're going to Agent Kloss. Right. Like, just something to connect it with the larger universe. Uh, that's where I think the Resistance finale and kind of all of Season 2 fell a little short for me. Uh, but... Yeah, Rebels and then Clone Wars is just top. <laughs> UA's Bahador asks, where in the timeline we'd like to see the next animation project take place? Um, I, I, think, I think after Return of the Jedi is the most likely scenario, and there are rumors of a Rebel sequel series that's going to be animated. Uh, that's fine. I, I think my preference would be New part of the timeline, somewhere we've never been before. That's just kind of where I want Star Wars to go as a whole. But I think what's likely is like sometime in between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. I agree. And I, you know, I've talked about like it'd be cool to have an animated story about Luke's uh, travels and maybe starting the temple, but also. I, I like the idea of a Rebels sequel series kind of just picking off shortly where it left off or picking up where it left off. Yeah, I mean, I, that's a story I'm up to see. It's just like, I don't know. There's always the idea of the unknown. That's yeah. going to be a little more enticing to me at all times, I think. Right. And, you know, with all the cool concept art from the High Republic, this could be a long shot, but if they were planning on doing an animated series for that, that would be cool too. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens eventually. Or post-episode 9, right? Any anytime. Anything new. <laughs> yeah. I, I, okay, I, the one thing I don't want is set in the same time period as episodes 4 through 6. We've got plenty of content in that era. Let's move on from that. That's all the time we have for questions today. If you want to leave a question for next week's video, just put it in the comments below or sign up for Patreon to join our weekly Q&A discussion. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And as always, thanks for watching, and may the Force be with you. Hi, guys. (laughs) It is Hilo's birthday, so... (laughs) There's that.
special guest Hilo. <laughs> Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.